Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Happy Easter to you all. Um, my name is Rich Schmidt, the pastor here. For all of you who uh, are joining us online today for the first time and don't recognize me, hi. It's good to have you worshiping with us for Easter Sunday. And it's good to have so many of you here in the room, so many of you that uh, we haven't seen in a long, long time, uh, decided, you know what, we're braving it today. We're going to come out on Easter Sunday. So we like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have used for a long, 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 long time. The Lord be with you. And because it's Easter Sunday, we've got a little extra. Christ is risen. risen. Indeed. And Christ is coming again. Hallelujah. We're going to try that one one more time. Let's go back and do those because that's new. We don't don't do those like once a year. And I don't think we got to last year because, you know, we were all from home. I was just re-watching last year's Easter service and it was all recorded from home. It was so strange. Uh, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And Christ is coming again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, it's a good thing to celebrate uh, Christ's victory over sin and death and his, uh, his welcoming us to today to worship and to celebrate all of that. Would everyone pray with me, please? Father, we do praise you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, for this glorious morning of victory and hope that you have given us through the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, from death. God, we could never ask and yet you have freely given. You've freely given us redemption, you've freely given us salvation, you have freely given. And I thank you and I praise you, I give you all the glory for all that you have done. And Lord, I thank you for this day, for each person who's here with us in this building, for those who are watching online, for those who will be in this building later, Lord, for a sense of normalcy, Father, we we have been um, anticipating this morning, not just because we're here together, but more so because we're in your house and in your presence on this glorious Easter morning. So be in this service, be with each person, speak to each heart. Where there is discouragement, Lord, speak hope. Where there there is celebration, Lord, speak joy. Where there is despair, Father, give your peace. We give you all the praise and the glory and the honor and the blessing that only you deserve. As we pray these things in your blessed holy name, amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. And also with you. You can be seated. And now Pastor Rich is going to come. He has some things to share, and then he'll be bringing us the message. Greetings to all of you who are uh, just joining us online. Uh, we would love to connect with all of you. Uh, if you're here in the room, it's easy. You can just grab one of those little cards back there by the offering box and jot your name and info and a way we can pray for you and drop it in the offering box. But if you're with us online, uh, or if you're in the room, you could grab your phone, I guess. Go to livinghope.info slash connect and uh, fill out that little digital connect card. Let us know how we can be praying for you or thanking God with you. Um, give us feedback. Give, ask us questions, anything at all. Uh, that's a great way for us to be able to connect with you. And if you want to give today, if you're in the room, you can just drop it in the offering box. If you're, uh, if you're online, uh, or again, in the room, uh, Stacy and I give this way, uh, you can go to livinghope.info slash give and give online. Uh, every time I mention this, I have to say, boy, thank you. Thank you so much to, to all of you who are continuing to give so generously to the work that's being done both here and around the world as we partner with uh, other local agencies, like how generous you were with Habitat, uh, Porter County Habitat this last year. Uh, you guys are just generous overall. And now we're, uh, now we're getting ready to be generous uh, with World Vision, partnering with them for the, the 6K, the global 6K for water uh, that's coming up in May. And uh, several of you are participating already, signed up for that. Um, 
there's a little promo code that's uh, available this week, basically. I think it ends April 12th. So next Sunday is April 11th. So then on Monday, that next week, it ends. So if you're wanting to join us, if you're wanting to participate, now's the time to go to Valpo6k.com and sign up. Uh, if I see you looking at your phone during the service today, I'm just going to assume that's what you're doing, that you're signing up for the 6K. All right? And uh, especially those of you who have families with kids who you want to have participate, uh, right now, uh, kids already, students 18 and under, anybody 18 and under is, uh, is $25 because other donors have already uh, offered to cover the first half. It's normally $50. That's what it costs to bring clean water to someone in another part of the world. Uh, but there are other donors that have already covered the first half for people 18 and under. And now these other donors that are <laughs> giving us this, this little promo this week, uh, they're covering that next 15. So it's just 10 bucks uh, for anybody under 18, 18 and under uh, to participate. So I know our boys have participated since they were one, I think. I don't think we were hosting it yet when they were... Uh, in the zeros, in the months. Uh, I think they were one year old already by the time they participated. And it's been uh, fun for us to have them do it. And we're looking forward, as they get older, we've been, we've been showing them the little pictures of the kids. Because if you participate, they give you a race bib. They give you a t-shirt and a medal. But they also give you this race bib that shows the, the name and the face and the country of the child who will get clean water because of you. And so we've already been showing them, like, yeah, and, and you provided clean water for this child and for this child. And, and uh, yeah, they live on the other side of the world. And then we go look for that country, you know, and, and uh, where does this child live? And lives in a very different circumstance than we do. And, you know, they can't just go turn on the water anytime they want. And our boys have trouble uh, with the water. They, they always turn it on and, and like to play in it, uh, have trouble turning it off. Um, and saying, like, these kids can't do that. You know, if they're going to have any water, they have to walk an average distance of 6K, three and three quarter miles to go get water that's dirty, that then they have to try to do something to before they can drink it or brush teeth or cook with it or whatever. So anyway, I encourage you to participate or you can just go and you can make a donation uh, that way because every $50 is clean water for one more person. All right. Uh, I do want to mention just real quick too that today at 1010 over in the yard over here we're going to have the little easter egg hunt so uh in just a minute um i think a couple of folks are going to go and put eggs out there for all the kids but uh but not yet but then uh <laughs> and then after the service the kids are going to get out there and at 10 minutes after they're all going to grab the eggs open them up eat all the candy and and be sick but um or something like that i don't know hopefully not hopefully those of your parents can uh, can confiscate the candy before the kids eat it and uh, it'll be okay all right there's a, there's a tax at our house for candy. But. All right. Today is a day of, of celebration. And those of you in the room, I think we gave you some notes. And, uh, and those of you watching online, we'll have the scriptures on the screen in just a moment. Uh, today is a day of celebration, obviously, for us. I mean, this is the day that we celebrate Christ's victory over sin and death. This is the, the climax of the story that we have been living in and reading for the past week. Um, well, for the last 40 days or so, uh, if you've been with us for this Lenten journey and reading that little uh, sacred invitation devotional book, um, it's been journeying uh, through the life of Jesus. And for the past week, this, this week that Christians call Holy Week, you know, last Sunday we talked about Jesus entering Jerusalem and being uh, hailed as King of the Jews. And even then, I think if you knew the story, you knew like, oh man, they're hailing him King of the Jews, but by Friday they're going to be shouting, crucify him. Give us Barabbas. We don't want, you know, telling the Roman governor, you know, we don't, we don't want you to free Jesus. We want you to free this other guy, this other rebel that was uh, trying to overthrow Rome. That was what we were after. We weren't really after this, you know, so-called Messiah. And they were saying, go ahead, crucify that one. And sure enough, that's what happened on that, we call it Good Friday, um, as Jesus was horribly executed there and hung on a Roman cross until he died gave his life for you and for me, took the brunt of the worst of our sin. 
You know, it's like, I feel like God was helping us to see just how ugly our sin is uh, as Jesus submitted himself to the ravages of our hate, of our violence, of execution at the hands of the state. And, um, and I'm sure at that point, the disciples were heartbroken, were devastated. Um, I mean, we see by the time we catch up with them in the story that we're going to read today, they're in hiding. You know, they're together still. They haven't taken off. They haven't headed for home, but they're hiding behind locked doors. They're afraid of the religious leaders, the same ones that came for Jesus. They might come for them. And it's like they've forgotten all the things that Jesus had said to them, right? I mean, it's not like they've forgotten. They had forgotten. It, the scriptures tell us, you know, that didn't make sense to them. They didn't understand when Jesus was trying to warn them, trying to give them a heads up that, hey, this is coming. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die. And then I'm going to rise again. That they had no concept of the idea of the Messiah suffering and dying. They thought, he might, this must be another one of those parables. This must be a metaphor for something. I'm not sure what it means, but it sure sounds disturbing. So maybe he'll explain it to us later. And then he actually dies. And the disciples spend Friday night and Saturday confused and despairing and not sure what on earth is going on. You know, they had seen a couple of them, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, uh, request Jesus' body and take it down from the cross and prepare it for burial and put it in a grave. And, but Sabbath was just starting. And so the women who wanted to, to do the rest of the funeral preparations, they didn't have a chance to do it that night. So they were ready Sunday morning. They were bright and early. The Sabbath was over, the day of rest, where they couldn't have done that sort of thing. They were ready. Then they show up at the tomb and find that the tomb has been disturbed. And that would have been disturbing, right? I mean, it wasn't that long ago uh, I was at, at a funeral um, for one of you, one of your family members, and seeing the casket lowered. And, you know, you expect to go back to visit that grave and to see everything as you left it dirt on top, you know. If it's been a while, you expect, you know, the grass and the flowers and that someone's been keeping it up nice and all of that. I can't imagine going back to the grave and finding it open and the body not there. Um, But before they could be too devastated, they are met by angels saying, why are you looking for Jesus here? Did you forget what he told you? He's risen. He's not here. Why are you looking for Jesus in a grave? He's alive. Go and tell his disciples. And the women do. They tell the disciples, and the disciples think they're crazy because that just doesn't happen, right? And so here we have the story starting for us today, the story that we're given as we're following the the scriptures given to us in in this uh, journey through this sacred invitation. We have John chapter 20, starting with verse 19, on the evening of that first day of the week. So now it's Sunday night. When the disciples were together, With the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. I feel like he had to settle them down at this point. Peace be with you. Calm down, guys. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. I know that last part's weird. I want to come back to that in just a minute. Um, But I feel like I can relate. I don't know about you. I feel like I can relate to these disciples as they are here gathered in this room afraid. Right? I mean, they are, it it is a dark time. This has got to be the darkest time in their lives. I mean, these are people who had given up everything to follow Jesus. They had pinned all their hopes on Jesus. Right? Um, they, had, they had left families, they had left jobs, they had been following him around because they wanted to be his disciples, they wanted to be his apprentices, they wanted to be part of his team. 
and God was doing this amazing thing in Jesus, putting all things to rights, and they wanted to be a part of this new thing God was doing, and so they had thrown in with Jesus, and they had followed him, and they had trusted him. Jesus had already been, been kind of delegating to them. He had been sending them out to proclaim the good news of God's kingdom, that God is making things right, that God is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I know that we're living in, under Roman oppression right now, they would tell people, but, um, but you know what? Rome isn't the boss. Caesar isn't the boss. God is king. God's kingdom is being reestablished here and now, right where we live. We can trust him. We can, we can follow him. They'd been proclaiming this good news, and it had been demonstrated. You know, the way as they went out and told people this, um, they were given power to cast out unclean spirits, just like Jesus had done. They did healings. God was powerfully at work through these disciples. And now Jesus has died. And they've got to be thinking, were, were we wrong? Were we wrong to trust God? Were we wrong to trust Jesus? Is it possible that we misunderstood this whole time? Was, was he just, was this fake news that we had believed this whole time? Was he, was he a false Messiah? What have we done? What, what comes now? I feel like I can relate to them because there are so many times in our lives where we feel, find ourselves kind of devastated or afraid or broken, where, where we had our plans and things just didn't turn out the way we'd hoped, right? I mean, this whole past year has been an exercise in that, it feels like, right? Uh, some of you students who are wrapping up your high school education, you're like, this is not how I'd planned to spend the end of my junior year and, the, and my entire senior year. You know, this, this was not, uh, those of you who are in college or who are, who are still in school, None of us, right? Uh, I know last, I was just having a conversation with somebody about this last spring, last a year ago now, and, uh, and how challenging that was, right? I mean, I, I know as a pastor, I know how to stand up here and, and talk to all of you, right? Uh, I don't know how to, how to talk to a camera. Hi. You know, I don't know how to do that, right? I, I've, I've been learning now for a year, um, but for a while there, we were all, you know, stuck at home. We were recording everything. Last year, the Svelbars led us musically for Easter Sunday from their... Living room, I guess, in front of a fireplace. That was pretty cool. But anyway, um, you know, they, they recorded themselves. I recorded myself. I, and then I got to stitch all that together and try to make it something presentable and put it all out there on the Internet. And we, you know, worship from home. None of us really planned to do that. None of us today enjoy being in a room with our masks on and, and trying to keep our distance. We want to hug each other. We want to laugh together. We want to sit down and, and uh, have coffee and donuts and all that kind of stuff together. And, you know, we want, we want our kids to be in kids' ministry. We've got, finally, we've opened one of the rooms, all right? We're looking forward to being able to open the nursery and the preschool rooms uh, as soon as we feel like we can safely do that. And we've got all the volunteers in place that feel like they can safely do that. Um, but we're not there yet, right? This whole past year has been kind of an exercise in frustrations, disappointments, um, and for some of us, fears, right? I mean, some of you, the, the, the life that you've lived over this past year, the job that you've had to go to in spite of the danger, um, the things you've had to do, you've got loved ones that you're caring for, but you're concerned, you want to make sure you're not bringing this disease to your loved one and who's compromised or who's older and who you know is at higher risk. It's been easy for us this past year to... Have the, having the doors locked, being afraid, uh, I feel like I can relate to what they're going through in some small way. And so I'm glad that our story today has, has us with them in this room, the door is locked, and then Jesus comes to them. They don't go looking for Jesus. Jesus comes to them. 
They don't, as far as we know, they don't have any hope. They, we don't know that, you know, the women have come back and told them, and so maybe they've got this inkling like, is it true? Could it be true? I don't know. It doesn't seem like it. You know, where is he? You know, why hasn't he shown up if he, if he is there? That's a question many of us have asked this past year, right? Where are you, God? Don't you see what we're going through? If it's true that you're there, if you really do love us, if you really do have all this power to change things, why, where are you? And so I'm glad that this story has Jesus coming and standing among them and proclaiming peace. Peace be with you. I can, I don't know about you, I can, I can go through turbulent times. I can go through danger. I can, I can uh, struggle and delay gratification and wait for the answer to come if I've got peace, you know, that, that guides me through. If I've got peace that, that can help me to, to do that okay. Uh, otherwise, it's just agony, right? Uh, if, if the heart doesn't ever stop beating fast out of fear, uh, it's hard to keep doing that. But if God is able to come and proclaim peace and say, it's going to be okay, I'm with you, we're going to get through this, then I can trust that, right? And we, we need Jesus to show up in our lives and say, peace be with you. And he shows them his hands and his side. He shows them, this is really me. Look, this is the worst that Rome could do. <laughs> they could nail me to a cross. They could take my life. Here I am. I can kind of picture him like spinning around like, yeah, yeah see, see, I'm alive. It's real. Um, in one of the other gospels, they have, they have him, uh, the disciples are like not sure and they think he's a ghost. And he's like, well, hand me that fish sandwich you're eating right there. Look, look, ghosts don't eat. Mm-hmm. He chews and eats in front of him. He, uh, there's a story right after this one in John's gospel as Thomas, who apparently wasn't there that night and uh, missed the whole thing. And he's not sure. He's like, well, until I can see him with my own eyes and touch him with my own finger and see the, the you know, the nail holes in his hands and the, the spot in his side. I'm not going to believe it. And Jesus shows up and says, all right, here you go. All right? Jesus reassures us that he really does have power over death, that he really has won the victory that we were just singing about a little bit ago. Do you believe that Jesus has the victory over the difficulties of your life? Do you believe that Jesus has the power of life over death? that he can give you hope in the midst of despair, that he can give you peace in the midst of anxiety, that he can lift you up out of the, the pit that you find yourself in and give you hope, help you to see the, the light coming into the darkness. It says the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Overjoyed to the point that, again, Jesus has to, like, calm them down again. Peace, guys, peace, peace, come on, calm down. Like, like they're, they're throwing a party. They're, they're shouting, they're hooting, they're hollering. And uh, just like all of you right now. You know, uh, sorry. Uh, they're excited, and uh, there's real joy that comes with realizing. When, when Jesus shows up, when he answers your prayer, when suddenly you have hope, there's an excitement there. There is a joy there. That's what, uh, in these next, uh, next couple of weeks, these next few weeks uh, following up from this morning, you know, if, if you've been enjoying the devotional books, this, today was the last day for those readings, you know. And like, okay, what do we do next, Pastor? And uh, coming up after this, we're going to look at some of those things that, that God brings to us. Some of the things that Jesus announces here, some joy, some peace, some of the things that we get to enjoy as God's Holy Spirit is given to us. Uh, some of those things that we need, like joy and peace. Some of those things that, that God can grow and cultivate in our lives as we trust him. It's springtime. Things are growing. Flowers are blooming. So we're, we're going to run with that uh, for these next few weeks. The disciples are overjoyed. Jesus proclaims peace again and says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. It's not all just celebration. And we don't know for sure what the disciples thought at this point. Uh, we know from some of the other writings that uh, some of them were kind of hoping like, okay, Jesus, 
Now are you going to overthrow Rome? <laughs> now are you going to establish your kingdom? Now are you going to do it? You got through the whole uh, dying thing. We know you got the resurrection power thing. What's the worst they can do? You know, what, are they going to kill you again? And you just rise again? And, you know, um, now, now is the time, right? And Jesus says, no, 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 that's not how it's going to work, guys. And he instead is sending us to go and continue his work, to live like he did here in the world. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. He's sending us on a mission. Uh, we, it it kind of reminds me in some ways of what we do at, uh, on Christmas Eve here. Um, so if you tune in Christmas and Easter, if, if that's the two times that you uh, are participating with us, uh, that might sound a little familiar. Christmas Eve every year when we do the, the little candle lighting thing, right? We've got, a, we've got the, the different Advent candles and we've got the little candle in the center for Christ and his presence with us. And then we light that and we each kind of take that and pass that around until we each have a little candle, Right? And uh, we ought to sing this little light of mine, but I guess we, we don't usually do it. Um, but it represents that, you know, we're taking the light of Christ to our world, that the light of Christ has come into our reality, and now we have the chance to go and take that with us. That's what we're seeing right here in this passage. We're seeing that Jesus is saying, just like the Father sent me into the world, I am sending you. Just as he sent me to be light in darkness, now you, I am sending you to be light in very dark places. Just as I have given you joy and peace, I'm sending you to go and bring joy and peace to others, to proclaim this, to help people experience the joy and peace that they can find in me. He gives them the Holy Spirit, the, the presence of God, the power of God to be with them. He breathes on them, which is a weird little image right there, isn't it? I don't know what that looks like, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure what that looked like in that moment as he breathes on them and, and says, receive the Holy Spirit. But I do know that in Scripture, like if you go back to the Old Testament, it's the same Hebrew word for breath, wind, spirit. And that's what our devotional book today goes into that a little bit and, and reminds us that at creation, the, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. That, that when God made uh, man and woman, that he breathed into their nostrils the breath of life and, and brought these little dirt creatures, to life, uh, to represent him in the world, to be the, the image of God in the world. And several other times throughout Scripture where the, the breath of God has come and brought life where there wasn't life before. I feel like that's what Jesus is doing here with his disciples. He breathes on them, says, receive the Holy Spirit. He says, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you don't, they're not forgiven. And that's that's just weird, all right? I, I am going to come back to that in just a second. But uh, because they're still out there doing the, uh, the eggs, I'm going to see if I can bring up the next little scripture passage here. Maybe I can, maybe I can't. No, maybe not. All right. Would, uh, would one of you be willing to go, uh... oh, look at that. They're right here, just in perfect timing. I was just about to do that next scripture, and here you are walking in. Thank you, Katie. Um, yeah, so what we're given today isn't just this passage from the end, but as we're looking at, okay, how does Jesus send us? What does this mean that the Father is sending? How did, Jesus, how did the Father send Jesus? Well, we're given the first part of John's gospel. All the way back to the beginning of John chapter 1. It starts like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. He's going all the way back to the story of creation. And it's a definite echo, right? There's no mistaking, because that's how Genesis 1 starts, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so John begins his story of Jesus' life and ministry by saying, In the beginning was the Word. If you remember your Genesis 1, you know, God says, let there be light, and there was light. God says, let the earth do this. God says, let the skies do this. God speaks, and things happen. And so he's grabbing this idea of there being a word spoken at creation, 
and using it to talk about Jesus. He's, he's connecting, too, with some, some Greek philosophical ideas about there being a, a logic to the universe, that, that uh, a reason to the universe that's kind of tied in with language. Anyway, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God, was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that's been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. He hasn't said Jesus' name yet, but this is who he's talking about. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about the, the eternal Son of God who was there with God in the beginning and through whom God made the universe. He's saying this light is shining into our darkness today, and the darkness has not overcome it. It says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. This is John the Baptist. He's an example. All four Gospels mention John the Baptist in the, the precursor to Jesus, the one who, who comes and points people toward Jesus, kind of prepares the way for Jesus. He's an example for us of someone who is sent, as we are sent. He was sent from God to, to witness to the light that was coming into the world, to help people believe. Verse 9 says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, his own people, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Now, that part right there kind of excites me, you know, this idea that like God has adopted us as his own children, right, adopted us into his family, and as Adoptive parents, of course, I connect with that imagery of adoption that's, that's there in Scripture, um, that he, he calls us his own, he embraces us, grabs hold of us, doesn't let us go. He, when we trust in him, when we receive Jesus and, and, and believe in him, trust in him and his message, trust in what he has done for us in, in winning that victory over sin and death and the devil, he gives us the right to become children of God. But then it gets even better. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. So it's not just an adoption imagery. There's like a new life imagery, a new birth imagery, that there's, there's new life that, that comes out of this, right? So we who find ourselves in other parts of Scripture talking about us being dead in our sins, right? Parts of us that had, you know, we had completely lost hope. There was no hope left. There was no light left in our eyes. You know, we, we couldn't see nothing but darkness, and now this light is shining into the darkness. And if we trust him, we find new life springing forth, born of God, children of God. He says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. This is where, to me, it gets super interesting. And this is, this is the connection back to, to Christmas once again. This is referring to the incarnation, the, the enfleshment, the becoming human of Jesus. The word doesn't just stay a word spoken, right? It's not just God shouting from the sky, I love you all down there. You're going to make it. You know, I forgive you. you know, I, I see what you're going through. Don't worry. You know, this isn't just words being shouted from the sky. The word becomes flesh. He does not keep his distance from us. He comes right to where we are, right into the, the messiness of life, right into our grief and our pain and our fears and our anxieties. Uh, scripture says he was tempted in every way just as we are. He, he experiences 
human experience. And he infuses every bit of the human experience with the life of God. Every place where darkness seems to be all that we have, the light of Christ now shines. And we can have hope. He does not keep his distance from us. He meets us right in our reality. He makes his dwelling among us. And uh, I think I've mentioned before that the word there is that same word that was used for tabernacle, uh, the, the, the tent that uh, when the people were rescued from slavery in Egypt and they're making their way to the promised land and God has them make this tent where he will meet them and God dwells there. He tabernacles there. This is what the same word that's being grabbed a hold of here. That the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, right in the midst of us. He stuck around. He didn't just come in and be like, you're good now, I'm out. No, he, he comes and is with us, walks with us, stays with us. We have seen his glory Back in, back in the wilderness, back in uh, the, the time between slavery and the promised land, God's glory was present there in the tabernacle. And they're saying, we have seen the glory of God here in the life of Jesus. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. So John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Just pointing out again, look, John just was always pointing people toward Jesus. This one who is sent, as we are sent, always pointing people toward Jesus. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. That was grace enough, you know, that God would, would rescue these slaves and teach them again how to be human. You know, this law given through Moses was meant to, to help these dehumanized slaves learn what, what it means to be God's people once again. And that law given through Moses includes the stories of Genesis. You know, that we dirt people are infused with the breath of God, that, that he loves us, that he's with us, that he never gives up on us. This is all right there. This is grace already. The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. This is grace in place of grace already given. It's like God has just been abundantly good to us. No one has ever seen God. But the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Jesus said earlier, or at late, I guess this is the beginning of John's gospel. So Jesus says later in John's gospel, you know, that the Father and I are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus displays in his life what God is like, full of grace and truth. And so here we are. People who at times find ourselves locked in fear. Uh, who sometimes feel ourselves trapped in darkness, who are wondering, is there hope? Jesus comes to us and offers us hope. His light shines in the darkness. The darkness will not overcome it. Whatever darkness you might be experiencing right now, whatever bit of anxiety or fear, whatever bit of ugliness you might be, or oppression that you might be under, whatever darkness you're facing, it's not more powerful than the light of Christ that is, that is entering into your life right now as you trust him. His light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, cannot overcome it. You know, Good Friday was that moment where it seemed as if darkness had won. But here we are, Easter Sunday morning. Darkness has not won. Darkness has not overcome the light of Christ. The love of God has the final say and will have the final say in your life as well as mine as we trust in him. So here we are, Christ coming to us, giving us his peace giving us his joy and sending us out to carry this life, this light, this grace, this truth to the people around us. 
This is our mission, church. If you're trusting in, in God, if you're trusting in Christ today, if he has transformed your life, um, then this is your mission. Now, if you haven't trusted in Christ, I guess you're off the hook as far as that goes, but the invitation is here. You know, this is the, this is the invitation, is to be a part of the great work that God is doing in the world, that bringing light into darkness, bringing joy and peace. You get to experience it for yourself, and you get to then be one who carries it to other, who, others, who participates in the, the dramatic, redemptive work of God. The inbreaking of God's kingdom. The love of God on display in Christ and then in us. To go back to the, the end of uh, where he gives us the Holy Spirit and then that weird little thing about forgiving sins and if you forgive them, they'll be forgiven. If you don't, they won't be. For me, that just comes back to this idea of like, okay, we've been given the Holy Spirit. The, the Spirit of Christ lives in us. And just like Jesus was sent to display God to others, to display the grace and truth of God. Now we are sent to display the, the love, the grace, the truth of Christ to those around us. If we shy back, shy away from that, if we hold that back, well, then there are people out there who won't experience the forgiveness they could experience. There are folks out there who right now are struggling. You know, they're, they're weighed down by guilt and shame they're trapped by sins that won't let go of them, and they need someone to help them get free of these destructive patterns in their lives. And here we are, as people with the Spirit of Christ alive in us. Here we are with the joy of Christ uh, you know, hitting us as we celebrate Easter Sunday and his victory over sin and death and the devil. And we have the opportunity to go, to be sent as Jesus was, and to help others have that same hope, to experience that forgiveness and so we have the opportunity to be a forgiving people, a, a gracious people, people who offer grace. Instead of, you know, holding things over others' heads, we can offer grace. We can offer forgiveness. We can be full of that same grace and truth that filled Jesus as we live in this world. I am so glad uh, for those who did that for me, right? Um, my parents were hugely influential, I had other folks in the church, other people in my life who were gracious to me, who opened their lives to me, who weren't afraid to talk about the, the difficult journey of following Jesus and, and how it's got its ups and its downs, but God is with us all the way, uh, who weren't afraid to say, like, you know, this is a hard time, but you know what? I'm, I'm trusting in Christ regardless, who were able to model for me what that looked like, who were able to invite me to be a part of it. We have the opportunity to be a part of this grand work. And there are people out there who will experience forgiveness and new life and joy and hope or not. And it kind of depends on us if we will be a part of that or not. What he's saying there is our actions matter here. If you forgive their sins, their sins are forgiven. If you don't, they're not forgiven. Like There's a part of it that depends on us. God is wanting to work through you. He's wanting, just like he's wanting to work through me. Right? We have a role to play. So will we play it? <laughs> will we allow the light of Christ to shine out from us? Will we allow the hope to, to be shared? The grace that is given to us, will we be graceful to others? Yeah, I can't help but think of that line in the Lord's Prayer. We're going to pray in just a minute. You know, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. As we are a people who forgive, as we are a people who are gracious, as we are a people who share peace, who are peacemakers, right? That's what Jesus said in, in another place. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called the sons of God. 
We have the opportunity to go into places where there is no peace and bring peace, to bring hope, to bring grace, to bring light and life. Not our own. None of it originates with us. It's what we receive, we freely give. Let's bow our heads and let's pray and ask God to help us to do this. God, you know that we need your light shining into our darkness today. And that's, that's it for some of us. I mean, we are in a dark place right now. Fear has had its way with us for a long, long time. Uh, anxieties have, uh, have never quite gone away. We, we've been wondering if there is a, a path forward. And God, we, we need today for you to show up, for, for our Lord Jesus to show up in our lives and to speak words of peace, to let us know that you're with us, to bring us your joy as we see that you, in fact, have won the victory over all these things that would, would hold us back or weigh us down. Shine your light into our darkness today, I pray, so that we can have hope, so that we can have peace, so that we can have joy. And then, Lord Jesus, would you help us to hear you speaking those words to us? As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. Would you help us to see the ways that, that we can partner with you, that we can be a part of your work? Can you help us to see the ways that we can share with others the, the joy and the peace and the hope that you have given to us? God, would you provide us with opportunities? Would you connect us with people? God, you know, for some of us, we've already got people in our minds. We've got family members. We've got neighbors and classmates and coworkers. We've got people in our minds right now that we, we know what their life is like, and we see that they need some hope. We see that things are dark for them right now. God, would you help us to, well, just like you did, Jesus, to, to humbly come into their lives, to humbly offer whatever assistance we can, to like John, not, not point to ourselves, not puff ourselves up, but just to point to you, Lord Jesus. To point to the light that has shined into our lives. To point to where we have found hope. Where we have found grace and strength and help and peace. Give us the words to say, God. Help us not to, to, to stay locked up in fear in those moments either. But help us to trust that your Holy Spirit is with us, guiding us. And it's going to be all over those conversations. Thank you, God. Thank you for this Easter Sunday. When we get to celebrate once again your victory over sin, over death, over our enemy, the devil. Today we have hope because of you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you that in just a moment we're going to get to celebrate this sacrament of communion. We offer to you these gifts of bread and juice, and we pray that by your Spirit's presence here, we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood. We offer you ourselves today, God, confessing our need of your forgiveness, of your grace, asking for you to fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we might live in this world as the body of Christ as your hands and feet sent to the world just as you were, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God, for the transforming power of your love. It takes ordinary, messed up people like us and makes us into something beautiful. Thank you, God, 
We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. If you're joining us online and you uh, haven't yet, now is a great time to gather together some bread, some juice, or the closest equivalent. If you'd like to participate in communion with us today. Uh, for all of us in the room, uh, there are little cups with bread and juice on the tables. And I'm going to lead us together in, uh, in celebrating communion. Let's celebrate. On the night that Jesus uh, was betrayed, first he had dinner with his disciples. He was celebrating that Passover meal, remembering God's great deliverance from slavery in Egypt. As a part of the meal, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, take this and eat it. This is my body broken for you. When you eat this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and eat. After supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave it to his disciples and said, drink this. This is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This seals the new agreement between God and humanity, the new covenant being made in my blood. When you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take and drink. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your great love that you have shown to us. You held nothing back out of love for us, but you gave all of yourself to us. And today, now, again, you hold nothing back. You give all of yourself to us in your Holy Spirit. Would you fill us with your Spirit? Would you help us to live in this world as a people who have experienced your peace, your grace, your life, your joy? And would you lead us by that same Spirit into opportunities to share this, this grace, this peace, this life, this joy with those around us. Thank you, God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.